Welcome to Nurturing Your Wellbeing with Denise. This season is special and it's special for me because we're changing direction. We're unraveling the really vital connection between mental and physical health, especially for those navigating a complex relationship with food. The more I progress in my work, the more I study, the more I do my own self-development, the more I have evolved in my thinking. I wanted to share information with you that can help you create your own well-being map. So I'm inviting you to tune in to the conversations I've had with a wonderful bunch of people that may resonate with you and your experience and hopefully you will gather insights that will allow you to transform your health choices. Because at this stage in our lives, nurturing our well-being is about reclaiming a peaceful relationship with food and growing resilience both in mind and body. Today's conversation is about, I suppose, normalizing struggles with eating, food and the challenges that um, lots of people, professionals included, have with living in this world of hyper availability of nutrition information and a focus on health and well-being. So if I'm going to ask you first question, what drew you to dietetics? Well, in terms of when I first became interested in, in dietetics, um, I think when I when I think about it retrospectively, I always was quite impacted when I saw other people being treated unfairly and I noticed that especially because there were a few people close to me who were living in a bigger body who grew up living in a bigger body and it was something that for whatever reason I found quite distressing it distressed me very very regularly knowing how they were being treated in the world because of their body mm -hmm. and I was trying to understand how I was allowed to eat in various ways and behave in various ways in the body that I inhabited simply because it was smaller whereas those people weren't and so and at the same time there was all this messaging about being so super skinny um, and that that was the best thing that you could be and there was this messaging about anyone can lose weight if you just try hard enough right but I knew that because of how and it's probably more subconsciously rather than consciously that I knew, but because people were constantly trying to lose weight, that the way to lose weight hadn't been found or that mm. there must have been a right way to lose weight, right? So these two things kind of came together and I wanted to help people by trying to make them smaller um, or trying to help them to lose weight as I saw it. And so I went and got my bachelor's degree to try and figure out that key to weight loss. And that's okay. what brought me there. Yeah. So that's, that was quite a young age when you started connecting with all of this. Very. I knew I wanted, mm. yeah, I actually, my career was sorted <laughs> from very young. I had decided on dietetics when I was about 15. Um, wow. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I always envied people like you. <laughs> Still quite trying well, to figure out who I'm going to be when I grow up. But anyway. Uh, it's so yeah, I I do actually feel lucky in that in that regard. <laughs> so I suppose you went on and you went into what I'm hearing there is that you went into your to pursuing your degree in dietetics with the intention of supporting people with weight loss. Mm -hmm. At what point did you connect with healing your relationship with food? Yeah, this is this is another one that I find um because for myself personally, I feel that I probably had very similar 
experiences to probably the majority of people who might have you know, one of the things that I'm going to say from the outset of this is that I do inhabit a body that doesn't get discriminated against regularly, mm-hmm. right? So I can move through the world in a way where I can access clothing, people don't comment and, and get me to lose weight or comment on what I eat all of the time, right? So I grew up without that added pressure. Um, mm. But I did grow up with the media the way it was with the fat jokes in series is series the way they were and all of these different types of things. So I did absorb those messages. And so I did have disordered relationship with food and I now knowing how disordered relationship with food impacts people it was impacting my life um to some degree but it didn't impact me you know in my relationships or my studies and all of these kinds of things just to give a bit of a scale of where I was at yeah, but in terms of understanding my own relationship with food, so I went into dietetics, got my degree, and then I went to this weight loss, um, a place that specialized in weight loss. There was weight loss drugs, there was weight loss clinics, and there was bariatric surgery, the weight loss surgery. And I wanted to know, you know, what worked. But even, you know, I came out the other side of uni, and I did not know the key to weight loss. I came out the other side of being in that environment, the weight loss environment, and still did not have the key to weight loss. And that's where um, I also, at that point in time, as I was realizing this isn't working for people, and I was talking to my fellow clinicians and saying, you know, these are the results that I'm getting from clinic. But I was also noticing how harmful the process was. Mm-hmm. Like I was coming in um, in uh, as a figure of authority. People felt the need to explain their food choices to me. Mm-hmm. Um, they also the the getting on the scales was incredibly distressing, and it was something that was done at every single appointment. And that weight on the scales, whether it was up, down, or it stayed the mm-hmm. same, completely dictated how that person felt. And I realized that it was so much less so. You know, focusing on weight just disregarded everything else, and the people who managed to lose weight were doing so and it was it was short-lived and it I could see the negative impacts that it was having and so mm-hmm. quite quickly I felt incredibly uncomfortable uncomfortable in that environment and working in that environment and at one stage I was considering retraining <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah um, yeah and that was before I found intuitive eating. And the minute I found intuitive eating and practices in which supports people in the body that they inhabit in that moment and is really focused on supporting them and a way of relating to food in their body that really complements their life, I felt incredibly relieved and just dove straight down that path and have never looked back, essentially. <laughs> I know that feeling yeah. of finding these two words together. And I will honestly say, say that I, I'd come across mindful eating before I came across intuitive eating mm-hmm. and I I didn't I couldn't connect with it it was too far away from my understanding of you know my brain was stuck in the science of nutrition I had all my own lived experience um, which as you say I sit in it the privilege of a thin body so I wouldn't have had the experience of many of the people that I was looking to support and be get, getting that deep sense within me that 
there was something wrong in those early days of just focusing purely on telling people what to eat. There was something wrong in what I was doing and how I was doing it and knowing that I could learn better and I could do better. Yeah, it's the the mindful eating, the intuitive eating. It's interesting when you first come across it. But also I would say, and I don't know about yourself, but it took me a good while to fully embrace it. And I'm learning every single day the ways in which it yeah in the ways in which it is so liberating so empowering um yeah I like like it just it doesn't just hit what happens in the kitchen and I think that's why I connected with this because I always felt like there was a human in front of me Mm -hmm. and and many people come to me wanting to be fixed and and I suppose this is why I've gone down the road of doing psychotherapy, because that's where I feel in my comfort zone. I don't feel anyone needs to be fixed. Should I spend so long trying to fix my own health that it was actually only until I started taking the foot off the pedal and realizing it's OK. You know, our health is impacted by many factors and super hyper focusing on the nutrition side can create as much problems as not focusing on it at all so this this whole messy gray area in the middle where mm. I just love sitting so yeah. I'm actually funny I'm wearing gray today um so with all that said last year I saw a <laughs> I saw a study released uh, and I am actually going to find the study uh, and pop it here in the show notes. But the study spoke about 50 percent of healthcare professionals and I'm going to say qualified healthcare professionals were found to have a disordered relationship in food. I'm going to go back to what you said. It makes sense. So although you and I didn't have the experience of living in a bit of bigger body and maybe experiencing fat phobia, weight shame from uh, a young age, we did grow up with the messaging. So it makes yes. sense, one, but it also makes sense when you study nutrition information that you might get a little bit, you know, I got mm-hmm. like super worried about where was my rice coming from and my God, mm-hmm. the quality of the tuna and all of those things. But it, it was misused by other people in the industry to discredit the professionals, the qualified professionals who've spent Mm -hmm. a long time studying information about both physical and mental well-being Mm -hmm. uh, to say, why would we trust this group? And I remember reading it going, this information is amazing. Because here are people who have stood and looked at both sides of the coin. We look for evidence-based information, which means we're looking at our own biases, Mm -hmm. which means we're looking at our own, how we viewed things through just our own experience of learning and living. And we've actually taken ourselves to view it from the experience of the person who is coming, seeking support. And these are people who are coming out now and saying, actually, yeah, God, I was impacted too. And they are doing better. So I wanted your thoughts on that, Aoife. What do you think? Yeah. And I, before I answer this, I actually just wanted to clarify something as well. When mm. I was, um, and you've kind of alluded to it too, when talking about, um, you know, not inhabiting a bigger body and the fact that people in a bigger body are targeted by fat phobia, and there may be some people listening who feel like they go through poor body image as well, 
and they're not in a a, a bigger body and what i want to say is you know it's it's two sides of the same coin right even if you don't have that bigger body yes you are not targeted by that systemic oppression and that is an important Mm -hmm. point but it doesn't mean that you are not significantly impacted by this messaging either and it doesn't mean that you can't have you know a body image that um causes you pain or is completely valid you know the way you always have the thoughts that i want to get this in but this is why i love that so thank you so much for clarifying that Eva. yeah yeah um but then with the nutrition professionals i love the way that you spoke about that statistic because we can't support ourselves to challenge the way that we interact with food or see that it's um maybe not that it's maybe disservicing us until we actually recognize it right and if Mm -hmm. we're trying to pretend you know um that we all have this phenomenal relationship with food when in actuality you know when i went through my studies um and i'm not sure if it's different now there was no unpacking weight stigma um and like what you mentioned earlier about sometimes we can get caught up in this focus this hyper focus on nutrition and it's to the detriment of all of the rest of the factors that play into Mm. what make up our overall health it's the same when you go into university with the aim or into this course with the aim of supporting people but actually there's a hyper focus on nutrition which is it's important information right it's important information but there's not the balance there of the relationship with food all of the relationship to food stuff that i have learned has been post-grad that i have sought out um and it's a growing movement and i'm really Mm. grateful that the movement is growing and that we're not alone out here saying these things there are a lot of experts in the field who are shifting and recognizing that this focus on weight loss is really detrimental to people's health but yeah coming back to the statistic we can't move forward until we recognize what's going on and um as you say it it makes sense because in the general population there are high levels of disordered eating because of the society we live in yeah it, and even when i'm hearing you say they're like seeking out support it's just about knowing that if so we say in the world of therapy as well like sometimes it can be the therapist is not the right person for you mm-hmm. so if you're a fitness professional or if your um healthcare provider or if your dietitian isn't supporting you I guess this is just shining, this conversation shines a light out on their, on the people out there who have been willing to look and change how they approach things so that they can, I came, I spoke with this earlier, like, so that they, we're not fixing, we're mm-hmm. supporting you to understand yourself. And, and that's where it can really make a meaningful change, I think, mm-hmm. is that when you finally feel heard and when you finally get into that space where you don't feel judged, mm-hmm. like, what I have seen people change for themselves, and I'm sure you witness the same. I am the one who feels honored at the end of our work mm-hmm. together, really genuinely honored. And I don't take any credit for what's happened. They've done it themselves. I don't know if you think the same, Aoife. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I share that same feeling, um, with being that witness and facilitating someone's journey. You know, instead of us being the professionals where it's we say you do and then sure they could follow it for a week, couple of weeks, mm. couple of months. Um, but at the end of the day, that's just um a temporary thing. Whereas when you really focus the person in front of you and you work through and unpack and explore, and at the other side is someone who feels genuinely 
empowered. It's uh, yeah, it's an honor. And so when you discovered intuitive eating, what was the bit that you loved the most? I just, Denise, I saw so much pain. Mm. I saw so much pain and it was more about in in the first instance it was more about pain relief rather than something that could actually be so uplifting when I um, saw yeah. people who were just constantly pressured because of because I worked in a sector where it was always people in a bigger body that I saw right mm. um so they're constantly and it is viewed as in the literature you know being on the receiving end of whether it's commentary, whether it's going to the doctor and they don't treat you for your throat infection, they tell you to lose weight. Like all of these different types of things are little T traumas that occur yeah. for these people lifelong. And then to be able to shift from a place where I was involved in telling them to shrink their body over and over and over again, where it hasn't worked and it is caused pain and it has made their relationship with their body and food worse to be able to move into a path that actually holds that person's experience um and sees them and hears them and says yeah it is shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> the way that yeah. you're yeah the the how you're treated on a day-to-day basis and um and and we're not going to change the world through this work. We can't change how other people interact with you, but we can change how you interact with that experience. And that is such, that's where I found that this was, you know, this was the way forward. Yeah. Like, Oh God, my, like my toes are just tingling now. Cause it's like, <laughs> we can't change. Well, I, I think there are a lot of people out there, as you said, the movement is growing and yeah. it's there's so much more awareness. And and I remember heavily arguing and debating and, you know, you you'd start talking about how you now approach your your work and people say, well, you know, they're, people are just lazy and they have no willpower and they're not determined. And, and I know you see that judgment that is so normalized in your society and then you go and you sit with someone and you see the pain that that has caused. Mm-hmm. We have a collective responsibility to shut our mouths. And that, this is where my rant comes out. Yeah. And to learn. So if you're not, if you're listening to this here, it's about learning what happens in the space between us and the clients that we do get the pleasure of working with so that they can, they can inter- interact differently with the harmful um, experiences that they have. Like not being able to go to the shop and buy clothes that fit them. Like, are you really going to eat all of that cake? Mm-hmm. Slice of cake I'm going to put in there. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, what people have been subjected to in terms of how their food choice has been judged is really impacting them. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, like to have this way of doing it is just, is, is up to everyone, I think, to know and understand. Yeah, and that's a whole other piece. I'm always debating how much do I direct my messaging towards people on the receiving end of um, anti-fat bias and fat-based depression um, because they are experiences that deserve to be held um, and heard. And I notice that I don't direct 
a lot of my messaging because of the arena I'm in um, or the area that I'm in. I don't direct a lot of my messaging to people who are in a smaller body. And again, when we're talking about recognizing that and, and the responsibility mm. that that are we perpetuating these anti-fat um, commentary or harmful commentary? Again, it's not invalidating that it's it's not saying that people in a thinner body cannot have a poor relationship yep. with food and cannot have a poor relationship with their body. We know that people of across the weight spectrum have can have debilitating eating disorders, debilitating relationships with food in their body, and it's not taking away from that. Um, at the same time, it's it's just having a little bit of a think about the impact of the commentary commenting on people's food commenting on people's body even in the most subtlest of ways can have such a tremendous impact on that person and that person will have been told to maybe eat less for their health a hundred times before Mm. um and that's me on my rant (laughs) yeah and you know it's bringing back to what you're saying about your clients so we all go into what something I suppose to to find out what's within our remit of changing because we can't change anyone else's behaviors or thoughts or our feelings that's a big whew, that's big okay and we won't go mm-hmm. into that mm-hmm. but I guess it's it is part of my mission to have this conversation that maybe we just learn to be neutral about our language around food and body so that for the future generations the next generations coming up that if you are working on yourself and if you are creating that internal strength and resource within you to be able to, you know, withstand the judgment that you perceived or are real, are feeling that you're getting about who you are and how you eat and, and all of that stuff, that we can just minimize part of it. We can do a little better. Um, but if we know a little more, and I think, you know, sometimes people shy away from this because it's like, I, I did, I was harmful maybe in my language in the past and I know I was, mm-hmm. um, but it's about recognizing that we can, we can say I was, I didn't know, I thought I was doing it the right way and now I know better. And I think hearing what you're talking about in the room will allow people just to reflect a little bit differently on is it necessary to say mm-hmm. I gained, you know, like the the comments like you look great, but how do mm-hmm. you feel? Or mm-hmm. oh, you've lost so much weight, you look great. Are, are these kind of things necessary? Yeah, yeah. And this whole process is it's a process right and yeah and there are things that I will have said six months ago that I'm kind of thinking mm. <laughs> that's not quite I feel how seen I, yeah. I feel seen <laughs> um and there are do you know there are there are lots of things that I've said in the past that I remember um that and ways that I interacted with people that were anti-fat and had the potential to cause harm and it's important that you know sometimes we can get caught up in trying to maybe feel like we're always doing things the right way or or feeling like we've maybe done someone wrong is incredibly uncomfortable and it can be incredibly Mm -hmm. uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um so yes holding space space for that is important to move forward and, and and consider right okay how is this impacting people and and there may be a time where you pass a comment 
following listening to this podcast and after you pass the comment you kind of reflect on that and go oh wait was that one of those comments and it's okay you know the people are going to slip up but Hmm. if and I I still slip up yeah exactly exactly and it's just about trying to recognize I think that that's that's really nice um it comes back to some of the other things that I've heard you say it's just about trying trying to recognize and being open to recognizing that uh, there is another way of <laughs> of being um which could get really really deep now but we won't go yeah. there yeah. <laughs> last words to you what would you say to to everyone listening just as a final note on our discussion today we're all trying to do our best <laughs> yeah, i really like you that know, yeah like all of us are trying to do our best with the tools that we have whether that's trying to do the best for our body with the tools that are ha- we have sometimes our bodies are trying to do the best with what they know um and people are trying to interact with people with what they know and you can only start where you are i think i'm just going to close up on that one <laughs> you can only start <laughs> where you are thank you as always Aoife. thanks and Denise. thank you so much for tuning in to nurturing your well-being with denise and the great friends that i've had join me on this journey i am so glad that you are here Throughout this season, my aim is that I bring to you some engaging conversations that will guide you as you embark on transforming your health choices. You can connect with me on my website, www.foodie.ie, and I am visible both on Instagram and LinkedIn. But for anyone who's ready to take their journey a little bit deeper and to grow that resilience, You might want to consider joining my membership, which has just gotten off the ground and is already full of really powerful women. Remember, life can be both fulfilling and fun on this path to well-being. So until next time, stay well, stay inspired and nurture your best self because you are really and truly worth it.